This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pippen. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Want to air it out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. Isaiah Rogers on the return. Gives off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jonathan Taylor. Here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm J.J. Stankovitz, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks as we break down the Colts' latest game. Bill, this one in Week 17, a 38-10 loss to the New York Giants. The Giants clinch a spot in the playoffs. The Colts head back to Indianapolis with a 4-11-1 record. Um... You know, talking to guys after the game, there are a lot of just guys who, they're not beaten down by the season because the effort is still good. But, you know, I, I almost felt bad, Bill, going back into the locker room and, and talking to the same guys I feel like I've talked to after every game. You know, Zaire Franklin, Paris Campbell, Ryan Kelly, these guys who have been absolute pros in talking to the media and answering questions after games uh, that have been just kind of confoundingly poor for this team. Uh, just the the starting point here in this game, Bill, I think is, um, you know, the, the the Colts offense, again, they just, they, they have plays that, you know, they, they have a couple of flashes here and there, and then something bad happens. You know, there's a turnover, there's a pick six, there's a penalty, there's a negative play, there's an incompletion, something that gets them off schedule. This team just has not found an offensive rhythm really since I think probably that first half in Dallas of that game. But it's just, it's, it's been so difficult for this offense to establish any kind of a rhythm. And it, you know, it feels like you know, one more game left. Maybe that's an opportunity to do that, but it, it might not just happen for this team in 2022. Yeah, it might not. I mean, as you talked about there, how the offense has played, you know, on their first drive, it's, you know, they have to punt. And then the second drive, they get down in the red zone. They have to get itself for a field goal. The next drive is a punt. The next drive, pick six, interception. So they couldn't get anything going, uh, couldn't get any momentum, offense. You know, like you said, they get a play, then it's a bad play or there's a penalty or something happens um, to negate a good play that the offense has. And, you know, it's, it's hard to win football games that way because you, you're not consistent. And, you know, we've talked about this before. When you have 11 guys out there and one guy makes a mistake on this play and then the next play, another guy makes a mistake. On the next play, another guy makes a mistake. Those things just add up and it makes it very difficult to go down there and score points and put points on the board and be efficient and get in the rhythm because something's always pulling you back. Uh, if it's a mistake or if it's an incomplete pass or um, if it's, you know, a pick, a pick by the quarterback or if it's a fumble or a mistake somehow. And it's hard to get in the rhythm that way. You got to have to be efficient and everyone has to do their job. And so there's no mistakes out there. So then you have an opportunity to move the ball down the field. Then you can get into a rhythm. And once you get into that rhythm, you hopefully you keep that rhythm going each and every time you get out there on offense. But the Colts haven't been able to find that in, in weeks and games. Um, so it's been very frustrating for the team. I know it's frustrating for the players out there and 
give those guys credit, you know, give Paris credit and, and Zaire and, and, and Ryan Kelly uh, credit for standing up and, and talking and, 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 you know, expressing how they feel and um, because, you know, it makes it's very difficult after a loss and after loss a week after week to stand up and talk uh, to people about it. And, but give those guys credit. They are being very professional, and that's what you expect for a team like the Colts. Yeah, at 4-11-1, and one, I mean, this has been one of the most challenging seasons we've seen here in Indianapolis in a, a pretty long time. Um, and there, there's really no other way around that. But in in that, you know, you're, you're always trying to find, uh, especially here, you know, when, when we work for the team and we cover the Colts for the Colts, we're, we're trying to find, you know, where's a, a bright spot here and there. And uh, you know, Nick Foles, that 49-yard completion to Paris Campbell, um, that's the longest passing play of the season for the Colts. It's the second longest play the Colts have had all year behind Jonathan Taylor's 66-yard touchdown against the Raiders. And for Paris Campbell, you know, you think about guys who have stuff to play for down the stretch. Paris Campbell is right up there at the top. He he want, He's wanted to get a full season in. He's one game away from that. He's only played fewer than 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps in one game this year. That was all the way back in week four. And he, the durability that Paris has played with this year, some of the explosiveness we've seen from him, um, and for a guy who's going to enter free agency after this season, seeing him get that catch, you know, that that is a good moment for Paris Campbell. Um, it led to the first points of the game, but unfortunately it led to another drive that stalled out in the red zone. But... Bill, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've gotten to know Paris over the years here in Indianapolis, and just a, an absolute pro, a guy who, you know, we we're all have been rooting for here in this town for quite some time, and, um, you know, you want to see him finish the season strong because this is a big opportunity for Paris to go out and get a contract this offseason as a free agent, and whether it's from the Colts, whether it's from some other team, um, you know, a guy who I've, I've really come to enjoy watching play and, and getting to know over the last couple of years. Yeah, for Paris, I'm sure the the team uh, lack of success is frustrating for him. I'm sure he's hoping that the team would do uh, better. Um, but for him himself, I am happy for him. I'm happy the way he's playing. Um, he's played 16 games uh, for the first time in his career as far as the National Football League. And I'm, I'm happy for the young man. He's going out there playing. He's catching the ball, running good routes. Uh, the catch he made today down the field, the 49-yarder you're talking about, he went up to go get the ball, got the ball in front of the defenders, came down with it. So he did, he's doing a nice job. I'm, I'm glad that he's healthy, and I'm glad that he's been playing all the games thus far uh, for the regular season. So I'm, I wish the young man the best. Um, I'm hoping everything works out for him uh, because for someone to go through the injuries that he's gone through and miss as much time as he has and to battle back each and every time, He's had those injuries. That says a lot about the young man. It says a lot about his uh, his character, uh, him having courage, and to keep on fighting through to to you know experience a uh, a dream that he wants to experience as far as being in the National Football League. And he's done a nice job. Um, I, I think he's played well this year. Um, I would love to see him back next year, uh, but you know we don't know what's going to happen in free agency. And um, but. I'm happy for the young man that he's uh, he, he had an opportunity to play in the National Football League for a whole season and play at a high level. So something that did not impress me in the first half, Bill, um, the celebration that Kayvon Thibodeau had after he sacked Nick Foles 
in the yeah. second quarter. And Nick Foles is on the ground, writhing in pain. I mean, Paris Campbell said it was scary when he looked over and, you know, Nick was like arching his back. He was in so much pain. And Thibodeau next to him starts doing snow angels, like literally right next to him. I've never seen anything like that before. And I, I would like to believe that Thibodeau didn't see Nick Foles on the ground next to him. Um, because if he did, that is just a... That would that would that's not good. Yeah, I mean that's that that would that, like as so I I talked with Ryan Kelly after the game because in if you look at the highlight or the the replay of Thibodeau's celebration, a player on the Colts comes over and kind of taps his helmet, and you know it's not a exactly a hey man nice play tap. So I went I went over to Ryan Kelly and said yeah I was the one who did that and I I tapped him on the helmet and I said hey man like get the f up. Um, and Ryan, Ryan, I thought he he summed it up really well. Uh, quote, you know, young guy, whatever, hopefully his teammates will maybe one day he'll learn that injuries happen in this league. You just never want them to happen to the guy you're going against. That's just horse blank. Um, that that was that was a that was a tough one, Bill, to to see Nick Foles not only down like that, but then to see the guy celebrating right next to him. Yeah, that that that's not good. Um, when you have a guy like that, that's down is hurting and pain um you don't want ever 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 as an athlete celebrate someone else being in pain even though you know you might have made a good play but because that person's in pain you don't know what's going on with with that individual and you know i played on teams in the past where if someone did something like that they might not have done anything on that right after that play was over but later on the game they want to make sure that that guy remembers what he did and that they didn't appreciate it. And also for your teammate, that your teammate knows that your, your team has their, your back. Um, so I've, I've seen guys get um, pointed out, I would say, um, that you know, this is the guy that we're going to get later on in the game. And you know, they, they take their shot at him um, because of that. And you know, that what he did wasn't, wasn't right. And hopefully his teammates do talk to him about it. But um, I know a lot of times, the teams I've played for, someone on our team would, would take matters into their own hand later on in the game and, and make sure that they, uh, they go after the uh, young man. Not to hurt him for the whole season, but just to let them know that they didn't appreciate what he had, he had done. Yeah, I mean, nowadays with all the, uh, the, the, the film that's out there and how the league pretty closely monitors that stuff, that seems like a one-way ticket to a fine or a suspension yeah. or something. But... I, I mean, you know, I, I think there's probably only so much that the Colts players could have done, like within the the boundaries of not getting penalized for it, or you know, but what that to me, it, it wasn't a dirty hit, at no. least, like at least at least it wasn't a dirty hit, but ah, it was no. just that was bush league. Yeah, but even though I'm sure the league has ways to find out, but there's ways you can do it within within the game to get back at the individuals. I mean, there have been times where I've had teammates, you know, on certain plays, they have certain responsibilities and, you know, they bypass those responsibilities just to get back at that individual. Um, the player might not go for a lot of yards or anything like that, but they got their message across to that individual that whatever they did, they didn't appreciate. Um, so there's ways you can do it without getting fined and, and getting in trouble. 
um, as long as you do it within uh, the play of the game or the play that's happening at that time. So after Nick Foles comes out of the game with a rib injury, Sam Ellinger tags in. He goes 9 of 14 for 60 yards with one touchdown. Um, you know, good for good for Sam throwing his first career touchdown. That went to Michael Pittman Jr. late in the third quarter. But after the game, Sam said, hey, you know, essentially what's a first touchdown when you lose by 28? Um, you know, it'll be interesting, <coughs> excuse me, to see where the Colts go with this. Um, you know, with Nick Foles banged up. Does Sam Ellinger start in Week 18? Is Matt Ryan active? Do the Colts make an additional move at quarterback? Um, Going to be some interesting questions to be answered over the next couple of days uh, at the Colts complex. But, you know, this this Colts offense, Bill, again, we just go back to the lack of a rhythm. And, um, you know, you, you get to the end of the game and Zach Moss, 15 carries for 74 yards. You, you know, it's not bad. You feel okay about that. Yeah. Um, but... Just, you know, the, the rest of the run game never really got going. And, uh, you know, once you get down by 28 in the third quarter, it, it, it all just kind of feels like, you know, almost like garbage time, you know, for, for a quarter and a half. Yeah, I mean, they, they were playing from behind for the most part of the game. Yeah, they got to the 3 0 lead. But then after that, it's just playing from behind and uh, makes it very difficult to play catch up. It makes it very difficult to continue to run the ball and establish a, a good running game. You know, Zach Moss had 15 carries, as you said, you know, 74 yards, just under five yards a carry. Um, you know, and you would like to maybe see him have more carries um, out there because I think if you look at the two games he's played, he's, he's, he's ran the ball very hard and very well. I liked what, what I've seen out there by Zach Moss. So it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating knowing that the um, Colts have talent. They have talent out there, but they just have not put it together this season. And for whatever reasons, you know, they're making mistakes here, mistake here, uh, have three or four good plays, have a play that sets them back, and very difficult, very frustrating. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully this is something that next week, uh, going against the Texans, uh, last game of the regular season, that they can put it together and, and have a good showing out there in um, the final regular season game and and play well and and uh you know in in the in the season on a high note with a win against the Texans. Yeah, I mean that's what, you know, talking to guys in the locker room after the game, they all said, "Hey, you know, you got one one final opportunity and nothing in this league is guaranteed beyond next week." And there are a lot of guys in that locker room who have been here for a while and maybe who are impending free agents, maybe are going to see their roles change next year, maybe won't be on this team next year. Um, there, There is a lot of turnover in the NFL year to year. Yes. And, uh, you know, for for as rough of a season as this has been, uh, you know, this locker room has not splintered. And I think genuinely the, the guys in that locker room respect each other and they know, hey, this is the last time that we're all going to be together doing this. And, it's it's been pretty rough over the last four weeks or so, uh, but it's one last chance. And I know that doesn't mean a whole lot probably to fans listening to it, but Bill, as a, a former player, that, that means a lot to these guys to be able to go back out there and, and have one more opportunity to play next week. Yeah, it means a lot to those guys. You know, they want to go out there and play and do their best. Um, you know, they're competitors. And, you know, and when you, when you haven't been, been – playing well or going out there doing what you expect yourself to do or the team um, has not met the expectations that the team had, 
you want to go back out there and say, hey, look, we can do this um, and we, we should be able to do this. And also, as I've stated before, these guys are going out playing for their jobs. Uh, if it's a job with, with the Marine, with the Colts, um, or if it's a job with another NFL team. So these guys want to go out there and play hard. They want to compete. They're competitors. I mean, it's once it's in you, it's hard to get it out of you. And these guys are going to go out there and play. And as Paris said, you know, I'm, I'm playing for myself, and I'm also playing for the guy next to me. So these guys care about one another. They care about their teammates. They want to go out there and perform well and play well, and they want to give their best shot. So I hope that they do go out there and give it their all. I think they will. Uh, I believe they will go out there and give their all for the last game of the regular season, and hopefully they can come out with a victory. All right, well, we will be back following next week's Colts-Texans season finale. The date of that game will be announced sometime on Monday. Uh, the NFL has the option to flex it onto Saturday or to play it at some point on Sunday. We will find out the official news of that game tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can probably guess when that game is going to be. <laughs> um, but we will let you know the official time of that tomorrow on Colts.com and on the Colts app. We'll be back again following that game on Sunday. Between now and then, we will have Colts Roundtable Live coming out on Monday, another episode of the official Colts podcast presented by WinBet on Tuesday. Inside Football with Rick Venturi with blueprints to beat the Texans on Wednesday. And Know Your Foe with Casey Valier and Bill Brooks breaking down the Texans on Thursday. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. One more to go, Bill. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you then.